Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We're demanding that they sign on to the Organization for Integrity in Sports uh, as a condition to flow funding. But they shouldn't be worried about satisfying the government. They should be worried about satisfying parents across the country, that they're keeping their kids safe. The huge story has to do with amateur sports, or sports in this country. Now, Hockey Canada is the one that we've been talking about, and we did yesterday. But there's another big story and growing issue, and you just heard Trudeau talk about suspending funding, uh, federal funding for Gymnastics Canada. And that is we have gymnasts now over 500, we're told, a group that's uh, identifying itself as Gymnasts for Change in Canada, um, talking about uh, the um, abusive situations they were in when they were kids and, uh, and, and getting into gymnastics and, and developing as gymnasts. Amelia Klein joins us. She's a former elite gymnast in British Columbia. She's a member of Gymnasts for Canada, and she began the process for a class action lawsuit. How are you, Amelia? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Let me start with this. What are you alleging? Let's try to make this... I don't want to make it entirely personal, but give us a sense of what it is you're alleging happened to you that caused you to turn away from the sport you loved so much. Sure. So I was an elite gymnast for about 12 years. Um, and unfortunately, for the last three years of that, I was subjected to uh, incredible emotional, verbal and physical abuse from my coaches. And that took the form of constant yelling, name calling, uh, they instituted weighing, so we would be publicly weighed at least once a week, and then if we gained any weight, we would be uh, yelled at, told not to eat, encouraged um, into uh, reducing our calories. We were forcibly overstretched on a daily basis, um, and in my case, that resulted in uh, one instance where my coach forcibly stretched my hamstring so violently that it tore my hamstring off of my pelvis and actually um, took a piece of my pelvis with it with a oh my God. fracture. So um, we were forced to train on injuries, broken fingers, broken toes. Um, most of the time, if you were injured, it wasn't sufficient to stop or to modify your training. Um, and we were forced to do skills we weren't ready to do. So we were exposed to incredible risk and um, serious risk of significant injury as well. Yeah. And you weren't supposed to tell your parents about what was going on. They were not supposed no. to know. No, never. It was made very clear to us that we should never be disclosing. And how young were you when this started? What age were you? Uh, I was about 10 years old when those coaches arrived. Wow. So here we are, and I feel somewhat guilty, actually. I think we all should uh, in, in our business because this story has been available to us for some considerable period of time. I just saw it the, about a week ago, and I thought we need to follow up here. And, and I'm so glad you're talking to us because there's another aspect to this. Not only the federal government suspending the funding of Gymnastics Canada, but you have told me that what you'd love to see and what you believe is absolutely necessary is a third-party investigation so that Gymnastics Canada cannot establish a narrative. What are your concerns in that regard? That's right. I mean, since I've come forward, I wrote a blog about my experiences about two years ago. And since I did that, I've been flooded personally with hundreds of anecdotes from gymnasts um, who range in age from they were training in the 70s and 80s to 16, 17, 18 year olds now. Um, and it's very clear that these abuses are still ongoing. They're still widespread. 
And uh, what we really need is a fulsome investigation to figure out why these things are happening, how they're occurring, who's enabling it, who's perpetrating it, and how can we stop it? And it's really not until we understand those things and until we remove the people who are perpetrating these things that anything's going to change in the sport. Now, do you think that you would be getting the national and even international attention you're getting now if there weren't the Hockey Canada story developing at the same time? I think um, it's complicated. I think the Hockey Canada situation um, certainly deserves all the attention that it's getting, but I think it does sort of highlight that um, this is not just a hockey problem. It's not even just a gymnastics problem. It's a sport problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have benefited, I think, from some of the wider discussion about abuse in sport generally. And certainly we've benefited from things like the uh, Larry Nassar scandal in the U.S. and, and all of the dialogue that's been coming out of the yeah. U.S. with um, those scandals. So we we certainly have benefited from some of this dialogue happening already. Um, My hope is that having 500 survivors coming forward should be sufficient in and of itself to get some attention, but sometimes that's not the case. Well, it should, and I hope the pressure continues to be applied. What was available to you to raise your concerns within Gymnastics Canada at the time you were a child? And did did you share your fears and your experiences with your parents and other adults at the time it was happening? So immediately after I quit, I shared with my parents what had been happening in the gym, and of course they were horrified. So there wasn't really much in the way of resources to know where to report, how to report. What we ultimately ended up doing was reporting it to Gymnastics BC, which was the federal or the uh, provincial federation, and uh, they conducted some sort of investigation and ensured us that there were going to be some disciplinary measures. Um, however, what ended up happening was that my coach ended up at the Olympics the very next year. So I'm not confident that there were really any disciplinary measures um, put in place at that time. And then eventually he was in fact um, promoted to be the head coach of the National Women's Program a few years later. So there really were no consequences and they went on to have 20 year careers without really any, um, any critical look at their practices. Um, So unfortunately, there really wasn't much of a mechanism to hold them accountable. Is Gymnastics Canada uh, communicating with you and the the other gymnasts uh, at all at this time? At this time, no. Uh, We haven't received any correspondence directly from Gymnastics Canada, either as Gymnasts for Change Canada, as our organization, and we have obviously sent letters. Um, we haven't received any response to those. I personally haven't received any um, correspondence from them since all of this dialogue has has started, um, which is unfortunate because we do want to work with them. I think there's a lot of insight that we can provide to help them uh, create policy change that would actually be meaningful. And this issue, uh, you're in British Columbia, but this issue, uh, I understand from the contacts that you've had, and over 500 people have now joined the uh, the the uh, the effort. Um, this is national. Yes, you're hearing from gymnasts all over the country. Absolutely, it's happening in every corner of this country, and unfortunately, it's something that's not just historical. It's happening right now, and that's why we feel such urgency to having an investigation, to having meaningful policy change enacted now, so that children can actually be protected. Because right now, they're continuing to suffer these abuses every day. You addressed uh, the board and the CEO, if I understand correctly, of Gymnastics Canada almost a year and a half ago, yes? That's right. I I was invited to detail my experiences to them, and in that process, I 
wanted to bring forward some ideas for change as well. And so at that time, I urged them to institute particularly two policy changes. One was to ban the practice of weighing gymnasts. It seems very obvious that we shouldn't be having prepubescent and teenage girls standing on scales and being weighed yeah. every week. Yeah. Uh, the other thing was ban the practice of barring parents from watching practices. Because right now, what's very common is that gyms say, well, parents can't watch, they'll interfere, they're too much of a distraction for gymnasts. And it prevents parents from really being able to see what's going on in the gym. So it's a huge safety and abuse prevention concern. Um, those two things, if they instituted policies today, would revolutionize uh, child safety in this sport. And unfortunately, to my knowledge, they haven't done anything to move forward with those steps. No, I don't think you can in any way. Any organization can substantiate a claim that parents would be a distraction. Parents should have the right to be present during practice and see what's going on with their kids. I am just still thinking, Amelia, about parents being um, uninvited, not invited to attend practices their kids are participating in. If I'm a parent and I'm not invited to attend practices, I'm thinking they're doing something potentially that they, they don't want me to see. That would be my first, and my first response would be, I'm going to the practice. I'm going to see what's going on. So, um, but, but as I understand it, the situation with Gymnastics Canada now is they consider themselves to be a safe sport leader. They've come a long way. And these situations that you're describing were historic in nature. However, uh, in our conversations, you've told me that you have had conversations in the last 18 months since you spoke to the board and the CEO with current gymnasts. What are they telling you? Yeah, I mean, I'm having uh, discussions with gymnasts who are very much involved right now, and they are telling me that these practices haven't changed really at all in the 20 years since I've been out of the sport. Um, parents are not invited to watch practices, and it's very um insidious the way that it starts you start out in a sport so young and so they say well you know it's going to distract them because they're so young they'll just want to cling to mom and dad and so you know you should just really leave we'll be fine it's okay and so it starts that young and then by the time they're in these elite levels and they're experiencing these kinds of abuses that type of exclusion of parents is so normalized that you don't even really question it as a parent mm-hmm. um i know everybody is thinking this question before I ask it, but I'll ask you now. We are all aware, because there's been a tremendous amount of coverage, media and otherwise, of the situation in the United States with the U.S. gymnastics team and their former team doctor, Larry Nasser, who's now serving life in prison for sexually abusing um, gymnasts over a long period of time, many of them. I'm not asking you to name any names, obviously, but, but has there been, have you heard anything at all that leads you to suspect there may be sexual impropriety going on at some point that people should be aware of, could be aware of, maybe are aware of. Yes. Unfortunately, that's um, something that's been really surprising to me is that the prevalence of sexual abuse, at least anecdotally from what I'm hearing, is um, much more prominent than I expected. And unfortunately, we have had high-profile cases of some of even the national team coaches who have been accused of sexually abusing their athletes over a very long period of time. Um, And it's very easy to see how the physical and the emotional abuse can bleed into then creating an environment where sexual abuse is pervasive as well, because these 
children are essentially manhandled, spotted, coached in such a way that they don't necessarily realize that they have bodily autonomy. We were never taught that we could say no to what our coach was doing to us. We were never taught that we could say no if we were being forcibly overstretched. And so it's not that big of a leap to then imagine that a child who's never really been taught bodily autonomy and who has been taught never to tell their parents about something, it becomes very easy if someone wants to be a sexual predator to prey on this pool of victims that um, essentially will never say no and essentially will never tell their parents. And also, there isn't much oversight from the governing bodies to actually stop behavior like that. So it's kind of a perfect storm for sexual abuse. And repeat, you've had gymnasts tell you this has happened to them. Yes. Multiple, multiple people have come forward and told me that they experienced sexual abuse in their training. So we have the federal government which has suspended funding to Gymnastics Canada. Prime Minister says he wants to know more. Fair enough. That's a good step to take. I'm just curious whether you believe or have any uh, evidence or suggested to you in some ways that various previous governments were made aware of the allegations of abusive behaviors toward gymnasts and just did nothing about it. So there's um, recently published emails between uh, the Jim Can CEO and the Sport and Sport Canada uh, from about two years ago, where the CEO said uh, they should be prepared for a wave of historic complaints to come forward, and there was discussion allegedly back and forth between Sport Canada and Gymnastics Canada at that time, and there was nothing done. Um, we know anecdotally, again, there have been people that have told me that they tried to go outside of Gymnastics Canada because they weren't getting any sort of uh, adequate response to their reports of abuse. So they tried to go to Sport Canada or they tried to go to the SDRCC and they returned back. So there, I think there is um, evidence for the idea that the government has known that there is a potential crisis in this sport and nothing has been done. Remind us what you want done. We want an independent third-party investigation into the sport. We want it to be done by a qualified judicial authority who knows how to conduct investigations like this. We want it to be trauma-informed and survivor-led. And we want it to have meaningful recommendations at the end of the day that result in the removal of perpetrators and enablers from the sport and actually allow us to move forward with substantial change. All right, somebody who's listening to this program now who connects with what you're saying in one way or another, how can they get in touch? So please reach out to Gymnasts for Change Canada. Um, you can email us, you can find us on social media. We are here for the survivor community. So if there are people listening who have experienced abuse in gymnastics, uh, we are offering support in any way that we can. Um, and we're helping people come forward if they want to do that. And we can connect them too with other efforts like the, the class action lawsuit as well. So Gymnasts for Change Canada, um, find us on Twitter or email us as well. And the emotional stresses last for a lifetime. They do. Unfortunately, it's it's very clear that the uh, the impact of this abuse is, can be lifelong. I've spoken to people, as I said, who trained in the 70s, who are still in therapy, who are still suffering the after effects of this abuse. And I'm unfortunately also talking to 16, 17, 18 year olds who are saying the exact same thing. So the cycle is continuing and we have another generation that's going to suffer these effects now. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.